Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and how are you today? We are really excited about today's show. We have the young group of kids who created the Smart Wheel, an invention that alerts teenagers to when their hands are off the wheel because they are texting or doing other things like talking to their friends. And we have an amazing rising star, Debbie Williams, who is an actress and a music artist from Nashville who's going to share her journey of living in New York City and navigating the arts field. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on the host, Jay Logan. Okay, let's bring on Mr. Jay Logan. Jay, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Jill. I'm I'm doing quite well. And I'm excited about today because we have the Inventioneers on. What an amazing group of kids. And also Debbie Williams, an aspiring actress and music artist, sharing the realities of being in the arts today. I know. I, I, Jay, you know, I tell you, I, I, you know, I love the link also. You know, before we go into that, I love the link you sent over today about education and gym. It seems that the schools have now filled every waking moment with the academics, even in gym. And this leads right into these amazing people we're going to have on today. So what do you think yeah, about that, Jay? I think that, uh, you, know, I, you know, when we were young, younger, we used to, uh, I used to just want to go to PE class, and I thought, I'm finished with math, I'm finished with reading, I'm finished with all my academics. So now they want to put the uh, curriculum in the PE class. I don't know if I'm good. Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite I'm good with that, you know, because I'm kind of, I wasn't lazy, but I was like, wow, I finally get a class where I can just you know, work on my basketball skills. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing for kids, you know. You get the break, you know, you get to run around the track, but now they want you to do curriculum. I don't know. What What do you think about that? Well, you know, I think the kids need balance. You know, they're, you know, they're in the screen playing tech games, in the computers, doing homework, with you know, activities. They need to have fun, you know. I, I think that's that's just, you know, most most important. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's one of the things that we really want to get into the conversations about today. Right, right. And, um, uh... I just thought it was break time, so I guess you know they got. I guess it takes advantage of some of the teachers because they're having budget cuts. Um, they want the PE teachers to do a little bit more, so they can justify having PE and they can add more curriculum in the school. So it kind of makes sense, you know. Um, um, but um, I would rather, as a kid, you know, you want to. That's the time you get to uh, socialize with your friends and PE. You can go to the bathroom and kind of duck out from the PE teacher. Um, I don't know if the kids are going to like that that much. Well, you know, I, I, I tell you, this is why I love the group of kids we are bringing on, okay? Um, you know, because now I'm speaking with one or more of the mothers yesterday, Lisa Evart um, in New Hampshire, who's one of the mothers of the children. I learned how well-rounded they are. They balance technology with fun, friends, sports, academics, and many of them don't don't have cell phones. I love hearing that, Jay. I don't know if they love the fact that they don't have a cell phone, but I love hearing that their mothers have them very well balanced that way and that technology is not taking up their life because, you know, with their invention, that already takes up their life. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, I think uh, that's kind of more work for them, and they always they already have uh, a lot of other obstacles in today's school and to add more curriculum to PE, and um, that's kind of rough when you have to run around the track and then do algebra at the same time. <laughs> so, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I have to get used to that. You know, I understand that we're we're trying to educate our kids and we're trying to get ahead of the a lot of these other countries and catch up. But I don't know. I would I would rather just add another class than to try to do that at the PE period. Um, I think it's kind of rough. 
I have to agree, to agree with you. PE, which is, is for some of you, we're abbreviating PE. It's physical education. But it's so interesting. But you know what, Jay? It's time to have some fun now because, you know, we don't want these kids to think we're boring. So with further ado, here they are, and I am so, so psyched about this. Hello, Ms. Engineers. How are you? Hey, how are you? We are so excited to have you on the show today. So are we. Thank you so much for having us. So if you guys don't mind, we're going to go right into the questions. Is that okay with you guys? Sounds fine. Sounds good. Oh, that is so great. You know, so... Well, engineer, how does it feel to see yourself making a difference and the world loves your idea? We want to know. It's it's amazing. Uh, the reason we started on our on the smart wheel was to. Oh no! Help. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Now we can't let you we can't let you divulge everything because there won't be any fun for our other questions. We know that you know you're smarter than us older adults. Would you, 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 uh. <laughs> well, you guys got you have to let us have some fun now. So we really want to know how it feels to see yourselves making a di- you know making a difference, and how the world loves your idea. How does that feel to each one of you? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. I mean, uh, as a, when we are um, you know younger, sort of you know the dream of every kid is to make a difference in the world and to finally be able to uh, you know have a product that allows you to reach that dream is definitely a unique experience, and we are very thankful for that. Wow. I know Jay has a question for all of you as well. Yes, I do, and I'm so excited you guys are on our show. This is such a great time for us here at Listen Give. Um, would you tell our audience about this smart wheel? Definitely. Uh, see, Jean, would you like to start? Well, the, <laughs> the smart wheel is an anti-distracted driving device um, designed to not only help people realize that they're driving distracted and correct them, but also it can also be used as a driver training tool. Um, we started it in 2000, the project in 2009, and um, our goal was, to, our, first, our first target audience was teen drivers. Uh, and then we realized that it, the smart world can be used in many other fields, like commercial driving, um, driving training schools, school buses, many, many, many different aspects. Wow. Well, you know, I would love to ask you something. How was it building this invention? I mean, I know that you built it and all. It was a group effort. But how was it building it together as a group? How did you feel about it as you guys were going along with it? It was a great learning experience. We learned a ton through it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all uh came to the table with some different skills. And so being able to combine in our skills and be able to teach each other, uh, you know, new skills that were required to build the prototypes and uh, sort of walk through this whole process, uh, you know, just helped us build us as a team so we could work together uh, and now and well into the future. Well, I have to ask you something. And building it together, that, that must have been, you know, honestly speaking, you, all of you have different ideas. Were there ever any times as a team and you building this invention that you were like, oh, my God, you know, his idea is one thing or her idea is another thing? I mean, did you have those scuffles, you know, like as kids growing up and kind of like building it together? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, one of our mottos through the whole experience and even, uh, you know, ever since we started uh, building things as a team has been, you know, combine ideas, you know, combine and conquer, I guess, is sort of a motto. Uh because all ideas are good, and if we combine them, then we have the best of both worlds. So. Well, I know that Jay has a, a question for you as well next. I sure do, Gail. I'm just, you know, I'm wondering when they started to build this. Um, what made you build this specifically for teens? Hello? Sorry. <laughs> well, I think the main reason that we chose teens as our first target audience was because when we started working on the smart wheel, one of our teammates was just learning to drive. So it was kind of a peer, um, like a... like a Peer-to-peer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to help other kids like us and even the people we knew because we know people, too, who do drive distractedly. And what's really, uh, you know, 
not sad, but it's uh, worrying in this current society is that technology has become such an integral part of especially, you know, young people's lives, and it can be so easy to get distracted, and most people don't even realize they're distracted while, uh, you know, while they're driving. So uh, Smart Wheel will definitely rectify that. Oh, yeah, wow. Smart Wheel is actually an acronym, right? You want to share with us? Yeah, Smart Wheel stands for Safe Motorist Alert for Restricting Texting, Tweeting, Typing, Touchscreens, Takeout, and Touch-Up. <laughs> that rocks. I like that, Jay, don't you? Wow, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. I, I see your invention notifies parents what, you know, what they are doing, you know, what the teens are doing behind the wheel. If this is true and I have this correct, how do your friends really feel about their parents knowing what they're doing in the car when their parents are not around? Well, it's not 100% true. Uh, what the smart wheel does is it, when... Oh, when it, what it really does is uh, when unsafe ham station is detected, so when the teen is distracted, it records the event. And then that data can, you know, depending on what the parent chooses when they buy the product, that can either be uh, received later by the parent, so like, uh, you know, a uh, daily or weekly report, or if it's really, you know, someone, they're about to drive off the road or something because they're so distracted, then uh, it will send a real-time alert to the parent. So it's not, you know, entirely a big brother sort of thing. Just, you know, a driver training tool to help people improve their habits. Another thing is, um, when we were near the beginning of when we started working on the smart wheel, we actually conducted, conducted a usability study at MIT, and we also uh, had a survey as part of that. And 70% of the participants said that they would consider using a smart wheel if there was an insurance discount. So that's another incentive to use the smart wheel. Oh, wow. The recording is not just a punishment. It's a punishment for the parent or any of the users so they can have safe driving habits. Well, you know, Gail, I, I have to know this because this is amazing. This device is so amazing. I would like to know, you know, how do you guys, um, how do you guys keep your, your you're balanced in your life with schoolwork and sports and all the other stuff you do to build this amazing invention. And, um, how do you do that? And, you know, how do you balance everything? Well, it's kind of become so much a part of our everyday life that it's just integrated into uh, our entire routine. Yeah. We've been working on it for a long for a long time. It's been very integral in our lives. Right, and also I think uh, we have learned so much through this entire process, and, you know, even a lot of stuff that you can't learn inside a classroom. Uh, so we really consider this a part of our education as well as, you know, an actual business and entrepreneur uh, endeavor here. Yeah, and we've had lots of practice balancing it. I mean, it's not easy at times, yeah. definitely, uh, but, you know, it's, it's lots of fun, and we do learn a lot. Jay, I know you wanted, you know, I was going to go with my question, but I know you wanted to ask you about President Obama. So, guys, I, I can't deny him that question. Yeah, uh, uh, President Obama, I heard he was um, wondering, like, it should be a bigger penalty or something if they take the hand off the wheel. What's your, what was your response to his comments? Oh, well, it's, it's not so much um, how long you take it off the wheel. It's, uh, well, <laughs> See the the smart wheel. What it does is it detects unsafe position, and if you have your wheel, have your hand off the wheel for two for longer than say three seconds, because average text messages around four seconds, then the smart wheel can can uh, deduct that you're texting or distracted. So it then alerts the driver. Um, and we're also thinking maybe if uh, the the driver repeatedly takes their hands off the wheel for a long amount of time. Then the alerts would become more and more it would be increased, and uh, just to make sure the driver knows that they're driving unsafely. Were you guys excited that the president was interested in your invention? Oh no yeah, idea. you have no idea. That was just that, that was definitely a pinnacle. I mean, so the way it happened was um, uh, that particular year, at, actually with the Smart Wheel project, we won uh, the first Lego League program. We won the chair the uh, Champions Award, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, World Champions. World Champions Award uh, for the first Lego League program, uh, which we haven't been involved in for many years before that. 
And as a result, uh, we were invited to the first ever White Science Fair, where uh, a bunch of other the winners from other top STEM programs uh, also got to present their ideas to the president. Uh, but we definitely uh, that was just amazing. And you know, he he was really really interested in what we were saying too. So it wasn't just like oh I have to listen to this. He actually was really interested, asked questions, and you know he entirely supported us. So we were really encouraged by that uh, experience, and it definitely helped us get to where we are today. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask you, and I know you probably get this all the time, guys, but don't consider me lame for asking, okay? How does your parents, how does your parents' values you grew up with play a part in keeping you grounded with all the attention you're getting now? Good question. <laughs> yeah, we worked really hard, too, so uh, I don't know. I can't really speak to them. <laughs> You guys don't have an answer for that? <laughs> well, um, our parents have been really, really helpful, and they've taught us lots of public speaking and how to deal with this sort of attention. Um, so they've been really, really helpful. And, you know, they're the most awesome sounding boards in the world, too, you know, because we may have an idea, but, you know, it's really nice to have it validated by people who know, you know, have been through, uh, well, not really been through this sort of thing, but, you know, have experience, an extensive experience in the real world. Wow. I know you you have a question, Jay. Oh, yeah, really, this is a good question, guys, because I'm excited about this this, uh, network. I was was wondering, um, what was it like like, um, being on Shark Tank? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was was quite an experience. That was awesome. (laughs) Ever since the show came came out, uh, we've been watching it uh, with avid interest, and when we first uh, invented the smart mirror, we, we, we joked around and said, wouldn't it be cool if we were on Shark Tank? And who knew that a few years later it would actually come to fruition, it would actually happen. So it's it's really actually kind of a humbling experience to to see all the opportunities that have come come our way. Wow. Wow. I know that was awesome. Okay, awesome. Do, you have another, do you have another question you want to sneak in there, Jay, before I go? I, mean, I just, I just want to know, like, are you, uh, like, did all your friends get excited when they saw you on Shark Tank? I mean, what was that like, you know, coming back and seeing all your friends and all your peers? Yeah. Well, uh, you mean like after the taping or after the showing? <laughs> uh, after both, you know, after the taping, you know, because that's amazing. You kind of like put that into the into the universe, and then all of a sudden, here you guys are on the show. I mean, that's. That, that takes a lot of, uh, I call it metamorphosis, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think after the taping, we taped in September, uh, it was really hard because we weren't allowed to, you know, disclose anything about us being on the show. Uh, so it was definitely, you know, you know, you wanted to tell people, but you couldn't. Uh, so it was really almost a relief when the show came along because you could finally tell people, uh, hey, you know, watch Shark Take this Friday. You know, we'll be on there. Uh, and definitely, we had people even recognizing us out in the public who uh, said, oh, yeah, you guys were the ones with the smart wheel. Yeah, I remember you. Great idea, you know? And it's just amazing that uh, you know, so many people actually watch the show and are able to recognize us and remember our product, uh, which, you know, ultimately is the goal of uh, getting this sort of attention, uh, you know, besides obviously making a deal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to know is, what sort of other things do all of you want to do in the world to make it a better place in addition to what you're you're doing with the smart wheel? Because I heard from someone's mother by the name of Lisa Edward that you guys have some more amazing things that you want to do. And here one of you is in the Philippines doing, a, you know, a piece, a, a, some type of mission, which I think is amazing. So I want our audience to know this is not all that you guys do. You're you're such amazing young people, which tells us that your parents are really doing a good job in addition to you doing a good job. So we'd, li- we'd like to hear some of the other things that you would like to do, you know, out there in the world as you get older. Well, definitely the smart wheel is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as you mentioned, one of the teammates is in the Philippines, and she's actually there um, on a missions trip helping out the people and uh, doing construction work. And, and what about you? So, yeah, and, and also, also anything I, that, 
I'm sorry, guys. You go right ahead. Uh, I was just saying, uh, another thing, too, is Smart Wheel isn't necessarily our first invention. We had several other ones, too, and they all have great potential. Uh, it's just that the Smart Wheel projects seem to have so much more potential that we sort of put them on hold. But definitely once the Smart Wheel gets going, we are definitely all in for uh, reviewing them and also taking them as far as they can go as well. Uh, some of the examples are like uh, our, uh, our invention actually before the Smart Wheel was a totally unique way to extract oil from algae. Uh, so that, you know, for bio uh, production, and that would really was a uh, really great device, and I personally would also be really interested in going back and taking that as far as it can go. You know, SmartWheel has provided us a lot of uh, with a lot of um, experience in this area too. Uh, so now we know what the next steps are for if we want to take one of our other ideas to market. So wow. it definitely is the plate. <laughs> And also another one of our teammates is a college student, and she's majoring in mechanical engineering, and one of her goals is to help other people in third world countries while using her knowledge in engineering. Well, part of, just to share with you, uh, all of you, part of what Listen and Give does is we have a project that's coming up that will be giving back to... Are you there? To, yes. Can you... Are you all there? I lost you. Are you all there? Can you hear? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm on the stream. Hello? They're streaming it. You guys here? Hello? Hello? Okay. Are we still connected? Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Oh, so, yeah, I'm here. Um, All right, okay. What? We lost you there for a second. <laughs> yes, uh, I was wondering, like, what do you guys all intend to ma major in college? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I personally would like to major in uh, chemical engineering. I think that's a really interesting uh, field of study. Uh, and also, can I like it because... Can you all hear me now? Are you, can you all hear me? Yeah. We're, totally, we're good. We're good. Okay, uh, great. Yeah. We're all back together. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm interested in chemical engineering. Let's see. Brighton, what are you interested in? I don't know yet. Something to do with horses, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're, okay. you're really... you got plenty of time to work that out. <laughs> Um, probably some type of engineering. I'm not quite sure yet. And I have probably something to do with math. Oh, okay. Okay, that's great. Wow. You guys both, both want to be engineers. Engineering, huh? Wow. It, it sounds like you guys are, you know, maybe a little bit too smart for us because, you know, we do well <laughs> in the writing area, but we don't add too well. So... <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, actually, uh, Jay and I both uh, deal with a lot in technology, so we love technology. But we know the importance of balancing. You know, finally, this is going to sound like a weird question for you guys as teenagers, especially. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. What do you all love about your lives? Not just the oh, invention, but what what that's do you friends. love about your life? <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's been really great having all these uh, opportunities to do so many things uh, through the Smart Wheel and through uh, all our other uh, inventions and uh, f through First Lego League even. And it, another thing that we haven't covered yet is um, we at, when we filed uh, provisional patents for all of our inventions and for the Smart Wheel we actually filed a utility patent and that's currently pending. And as a result of going through that patent process, we felt that it would be very helpful to uh, other students um, to learn how the patent process works and how to bring their ideas to the next level. So we actually created um, Ready, Set, Patent, which is the Engineers Patent Scholarship Program. And it's a, it, 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 has, uh, it brings uh, teams or, or kids with inventions together with attorneys so that they can uh, work together to create a provisional patent, uh, file a provisional patent on their idea, which gives them protection for a year. And we found that just that first step is very, very educational. So we're helping, trying to help other kids. Right. And if there are any other kids out there, the sign sheet's on our website, smartwheelusa.com. <laughs> well, you know, I may be coming to you guys, you know, for, you know, for some help and patent and some things. No. If that's okay with you. <laughs> Jay, I know you have another question for them. Jay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Hold on one second. We're going to bring him right on.
Hi. Jay? One second, guys. Okay, I don't know. Jay, are you there? Yes, I am. (laughs) I know you have another question for them, and then we have a caller who has a question for all of you. Awesome. All right. Now, what, uh, my question to you guys, uh, actually, really two questions. Um, what kind of difference that you want this invention to make for teenagers in the world today? What kind of difference do you want? Yeah, uh, we think that one of the main differences we want to make is to uh, help teens realize that although technology is really great, uh, there's a time and place for everything, and to make sure that it's not worth, you know, uh, responding to that text message if you're going to endanger the lives of all everyone around you. So I say the message to teens, one message uh, in terms of our invention is to you know be careful and think before you act. And I think the other one is uh, for all you teen inventors out there, young inventors, definitely uh, don't give up. <laughs> Keep, you know, uh, one saying that we like is uh, people don't realize, you know, when they're making slow progress, they get discouraged. Well, what they need to realize is that slow progress is still progress. And uh, so we definitely say uh, definitely keep going and don't give up. And also find someone to help you take it to the next level. Because with the Smart Wheel, we were fortunate enough to meet up with, uh, well, not meet up with, we had known him previously, but uh, a mentor by the name of Jim Clements. And he sort of helped us take the first technological step uh, with the Smart Wheel. So. The, the, the next question me and Gail really had is, does the Smart Wheel have a smart price? If this thing comes to the market, we don't have me and Gail, we don't have that much money. We just want to know what would it cost us? Uh, well, the the smartwood will probably retail for between a hundred and two hundred dollars. But if we partner with an insurance company, they might uh give out a discount to smartwell users, the discount on their insurance premium for smartwell users. So yeah, it would end up covering the cost of the smart wheel. And that is one of the things we're pursuing right now too, so one thing I'm <laughs> gonna give you this idea openly to the public, so everyone hears it, that this idea is not mine, it belongs to these young people because I think what you're all doing is is amazing. I think yeah. that it's amazing that not only used for the teenagers, but there are adults. <laughs> who can use who can use this as well, really. We need it for the entire population because adults sit right there and they're always either on the phone taking their hands off the wheel or they're texting themselves. This is not just children. So I would love for you guys to look into it to see how you can further yourself in making, once in a teenage stage, make this a global thing that everyone uses. I'd like to see this be a mandatory thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the ultimate goal. Yeah, and that's another reason, another um, area where the insurance discount would really come in handy. Yeah, <laughs> to make it affordable to everyone. Uh, so the ne- the next question I have is, um, and is it okay? You know, it's it's on two o two. Can we keep you guys for two or three more minutes? Is that okay? Yes, that's yeah, fine. fine. So you know, one of the questions I have. This is a very unusual question is that what would you like to say to your parents for all of their support and your friends, okay, outside of the thank you? What would you like to say to them for supporting you through all of this? Well, definitely I want to say thank you for all the uh, knowledge and experience you've passed down to us uh, or me. And uh, and I definitely think that, you know, as soon as we uh, get the smart wheel out there, we'll definitely hire you, you know. Uh, we can we can work out a deal, and I don't know, I don't know if you want to. You couldn't have done it without. Yeah, you couldn't oh, definitely yeah. couldn't have done it without. Wow. Um, the other, you know, Jay, if I I know you had one more question, I just have to get this question out. What do you want to say to the young people who are out there, people who may not have the support that you have in your community and are in other urban communities, even in third world countries, who they're smart, really smart kids, they're going to school, but they may not have, because, you know, to us here in the United States, we have so much more than what there is, like your friend is in the Philippines, in a third world country. What do you want to say to them if they want to band together and get a bunch of their friends together? And it may not be technology, it may be something else. What do you want to say to teenagers out there all over the world, regardless of economics or whatever? What do you feel they can do to make a difference the way you guys are making a difference? Follow your dreams. Yeah, follow your dreams, definitely. 
And definitely, and contact us too, because we do offer, you know, uh, help to and inspiration to other teenagers or other young people as well. So uh, they can contact us. Uh, but also, just follow your dreams. I mean, there's an old saying, well, not an old saying, but uh, if you don't follow your dreams, then you're stuck uh, being hired to follow someone else's. So uh, definitely, uh, your dreams are probably the most important thing, because if you're not passionate about what you're working on, then. Uh, it's very hard to follow through to completion. And never give up. Never give up. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, Jake, do you have any other questions for them? I, I just want to say, I have one question, Gail. And I, one thing I want to say, this is this invention and this device is so wonderful and how many lives this is going to save, you know, because this is beautiful that you guys not just thought about yourself, you thought about the whole world when you invented this thing. And this is going to save it's just, you know, some, most people just invent things for themselves. But you guys were just smart enough to just invent something for the world, to save the world. And me and Gail, we just, our minds are blown. The, the last question I'm wondering, can these sensors be used on different devices such as joysticks, uh, levers, for other transportation means like people who drive trains or airplanes? Because, you know, they do yeah. things while they're doing things, and they have, they're trying to, you know, they got people. They're carrying people around, and I'm wondering if can this technology be used on the air, on airplanes and trains and boats and and other device, other tra- means of transportation. Yes, that's all part of um, our device. Actually, in our in our patent, we cover all those different eventualities, and even, um, for example, a standard shift car. We have a solution for that as well. Yes, and also, you know, it's really important for those other modes of transportation because you do read about a lot about the in the news. Like, for example, I remember down in Boston. Uh, I believe it was, there was a, a train accident due to distracted driving. So, you know, by a train operator. So it's definitely something we're going to look into. We're wow. looking into, sorry. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I have, to, I have to tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed being with all of you today. And, you know, if um, if Jay doesn't have any other questions, we just want to say thank you. And we hope that would you come back on our show again later in the year just to share with people, you know, where you are and what's going on? Definitely, yeah, definitely yes. Yeah. Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. Yeah. And, one, and one thing we want to let you know is that we will be in contact with your parents and yourselves again. We do a lot of work internationally, and we're working with a gentleman by the name of Robin Crespo of Code Purple Event. Uh, he's an international fashion designer who has... Um, created fabric that goes to other countries that stops malaria, that stops mosquitoes oh, from biting wow. through, biting through the kids from malaria. We uh, we are also supporting something called the Art of Living, which is in 152 countries for children, which is for the meditation and the yoga for students in schools, so they'll focus better. Also in college and high school level and younger level, and the International um, Foundation for Peace with the Olympics. So we have a project that we'll be working with, and we would love to support you guys in any way that we can as well as the project gets underway. Well, thank, thank you, you so you. much for your generosity. Yeah. Yes, and please tell your mothers thank you for raising such amazing people, and uh, to the mother that we spoke with, Lisa Evard, and to Gabriella Alemo at Sony Pictures, we thank you very much for working with these amazing kids. And, guys, you forgot to tell the audience one thing. Oh, my goodness. What are your names? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. You want to go around the circle, guys? Sure. Uh, I'll start. Uh, my name is uh, Tristan Everts, and I was one of the founders of the team back in 2004. Okay. Is, and I joined the team just in time for the smart wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm What's Jayden your name? Brighton Everts. Okay. I'm Jaden Everts. And I'm Kate Baldwin. Oh. And would you say the names of the people who are missing so we can acknowledge them as well? There's Emily Balcom and Paige Balcom. All right. Well, we thank you. And, Jay, do you have any last words for these amazing young people? No, amazing, awesome. Good job, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. Guys, before we go, I'm so sorry. We have to get this last question in before we go, actually. So hold on one second if someone has a question for you. Hello, caller. I see you're calling in from Pennsylvania. Would you just say your first name and where you're calling from and ask these amazing people the question you have for them? Hi, this is Wendy from Philadelphia, and I'm inspired by what you're up to and 
as Gail mentioned, just acknowledge your parents for creating whatever they created to have this come to life for you and to have you fulfill your dreams. So I'm a single mom of a four-year-old boy, and we do a lot of running and jumping and playing and filming videos, and I really let him tell me what he wants. And um, asking for your advice, when he tells me 10 different things, he wants to play guitar, piano, drums, tap dance, like I don't know what to have him get into. So when you were younger, did you get into everything or did you have one certain thing that you you did? Well, when we were little, we um, we actually tried many different things. Um, and if we didn't feel like we wanted to continue with it, we would move on to something else. Right, but one thing that we felt was important was to give everything, you know, uh, you know, the, your best shot, you know. Uh, our mothers uh, didn't really let us quit in the middle, so if it was, you know, a year of soccer or whatever, it was a year of soccer. Uh, we w- wanted to make sure everything got a fair shot, and we wanted to get as many experiences as possible at that young age because then we have more experiences to draw from as we decide to, uh, you know, what we want to do as we get older, so. Definitely, you know, as much as you can. <laughs> okay. But so one one thing at a time, or did you do a couple different things each year? A couple different things. Yeah, we, we did a couple different things, yeah. Okay, great. Well, Wendy, we thank you for coming in and sharing yourself, you know, with the group of people here and asking the question, because we definitely need mothers to do that. Yeah. And... Um, and so, uh, with all of that said, we thank you for being on the show today. We truly thank you for being on the show, and we look forward to having you back later again. Thank you so much, all of you, and for the person who asked, her, asked the question, Wendy from Pennsylvania. Without further ado, we're going to bring on our next guest. And, guys, have a bang-up day, okay? Uh, thank you. You too. Thank you, Ms. Davis. Hello? Hey, wow. They were amazing. My goodness. They were absolutely, just absolutely oh, amazing. I cannot yeah. wait. So, you know, if they were amazing, you could only imagine what it's going to be for our next guest, okay? I am just, Jay, I'm just so blown away. What would, before we bring on our next guest, what was the highlight like for you? Well, just just to know how enthused they they were, you know, just to you know they they love their they love to invent, you know, and just to know that kids still have that creativity and they still have that drive, you know, because you know back when I was a kid and you was a kid, we had that drive back in the day. So just to know that kids still have that love for invention and creativity, that was incredible, and they they, they seem to love it, you know. There's a lot of children and kids out here that they don't have that uh, drive anymore, but to see this. It brings hope for all the world and inspires more kids to be creative and to be inventive. And that's what that was the best highlight. It just made me love to be a kid again. I know. I know. My God. And they were having fun, too. That's the thing about it. They were actually having fun. Right. Right. It wasn't a drag. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> you know, now I'm really excited because we have the next person who everyone, she's also a young person, aspiring actress, and I shouldn't even spot say an aspiring actress. She is an actress. She is a musical artist. She is a songwriter. And we're going to talk about what it's really like to be in the arts in New York, California, coming from another state. This is a woman who we really have so much respect for. She's working with us on a project that really is going to make a difference. You know, so without further ado... <laughs> we are going to bring on Miss Debbie Williams. Hi, Miss Debbie Williams. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, we're just so excited. So excited. Welcome, Hi, Debbie. How are you today? What? Welcome, Debbie. How are you today? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we love to get right into the questions, if that's okay with you, because we're sorry we kept you on. Debbie, we hear, you're from, we hear you are from Nashville, okay? And am I correct by that? 
No, actually, um, I like to say that I'm inspired by Nashville um, in a lot of my music, but I'm actually from Rochester, New York. Okay, so still being from another area of New York, I would like to know, how was the culture shock of New York City for, for you when you first moved here? <laughs> well, the pace of life is quite a bit different. I mean, oh. everything is, it was harder at first just because transportation is um, quite a bit different than driving, of course. In upstate New York, it was just such a slower pace and everybody knew everyone and moving to New York and not knowing anyone except maybe a couple other people I went to college with, it was kind of a, it was kind of a shock for me, but after like a couple weeks of getting in and getting another job and getting your headshots and everything done and just throwing yourself out there as a performer, it was inspiring and it was relieving. And it's just like as soon as I stepped into the city, I knew something would change and something would something else would inspire me, and I'd meet all sorts of new people to move on further in my life. Wow. Well, you know, we're going to have some questions that are going to really delve into these areas that, you know, you're speaking of right now, because we really want our audience to get a sense of what the journey is for you, so that a lot of other people who are just getting out of college like you are not too long ago, or, you know, coming down here from another state or coming down here from, you know, another town or whatever have you, has an idea what it's about. Jay, I think you had a question for for Debbie. I sure do. Well, Debbie, I hear that you are a music artist and an actress, how do you balance pursuing these two areas of the arts? Um, I try to keep them on the same level. It's one of those things where you find the projects that suit you the most, therefore you don't have to think of them as two different things. It's like it's all a part of me. And it's all about how I want to further my studies in acting and singing as well as put myself out there as a performer, and I just try to keep them on the same wavelength so I don't ever have to put one in the back burner. Wow. Well, you know, um, Debbie, what does it, you know, one of the things that I would also like to know is what does it feel like, okay, to be reading for a movie or a play and then having to put yourself into the mindset of songwriting or singing? Um, to be honest, they're kind of the same thing. It's like you have to find that part of yourself to either portray a character or to either write a song. It's, it, to be honest, acting in college is what helps me further myself as a songwriter as well as an actress because it teaches you how to be comfortable being vulnerable. And you look for those obstacles and those tactics to find within different characters as well as yourself in like an everyday basis. So once you figure out who you are and what you want to be or who you're going to be, all your plans, and you're not afraid of being vulnerable, it's on that same page where I'm not afraid to be vulnerable by reading these sides for a film or for a play, and I'm also not afraid to be vulnerable with my music. It's a story about myself or my family or my friends or even people I don't know that I've just written. I think it helps to be vulnerable with music so people can relate to you as well as being vulnerable as an actress. Wow. Um, Debbie, what has the experience been moving forward in, in your career while living in New York City? I can't hear you. Yeah. What what has the what has the experience been moving forward um, in your career? In your career while living in New York City? Oh goodness. Uh the experience of New York City in my career I mean, it's had ups and downs, like like every career and everyone. Um, Debbie, but, Debbie, so our yeah. audience will hear you. Is it any? We're experiencing a little bit of a delay every time you speak. Like we've been hearing it throughout your speaking. Is there anywhere that you can make sure that your um, your feed is well into the phone, so that we can really get out? This is very interesting. We want our audience to really hear you. Sure. Is this better? Much better. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, my experience in the city, I mean, it's, yeah, it's had its ups and downs, but um, I think even if you have a down moment, it's just you have to be um, optimistic and just look forward to the future and just know what your goals are and know what you're going to do. And a big thing that um, 
a friend did teach me uh, is actually a lot of people say I want rather than I am. And if mm-hmm. you say you are going to do something, then you will do it rather than just saying you want to do it and never actually achieving something. So I think my experiences in New York City is uh, it's it can be hard. You can go into roles and you're going to get turned away because I want to say you're going to get one out of 100 things that you audition for, if that sometimes, because there's so many people in the city that are striving for the same things. But also you got to make your own work for you and search for things that you never would think would be there and search for all different opportunities so that way you can work with some of the most amazing people that you never thought you could work with rather than just auditioning for some of the same typical things every day. And by writing and everything in the city, I think that was probably the best thing I could have done for myself because I found exactly what I want and what I'm going to do with my life because I want to help others with my music. And it brought me back to this place where I realized there's so many bigger things in the world than what we do with just ourselves. So we we needed to help people. And I want to do that, and I am going to do that with my music. And just knowing that writing, is it, it fulfills everything for me, and performing is one of the most amazing experiences, even if it's just in some little measly bar where there's a few people that you've never sung for, it's still a few people you've never sung for that you've affected. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask you is, you know, um, after that question, Jay just asked you, wow, that's a good question, Jay. Do you feel there's enough resources out there to support people in the arts? Um, I think, well, it's hard to say because there are a lot of resources that people never really realize. Like, there's so many groups that get together and just venues and just talk about their experiences, because I have a bunch of friends that will get together and we talk about what we're going through, and sometimes it doesn't need to be this giant group that has to help you online or this um, just a big experience for resources, because you can find out any kind of information online now or through the people that you meet, and I think it's just good to get together with people you don't know or people you do know just to discuss your ups and downs and to be there for each other and support each other. And by doing that also, you're also going to find um, people you're going to work with in the future or you can develop projects with. And it's just a great experience to just go out there and go to different, like, networking events. Even if it's just a small one that if you get together with your friends, it still is some sort of networking because you might realize that your goals are so similar that you should be working together more to make them happen. Wow. Jay, I know you had a question, a really good question for her. I would like to know, um, Debbie, what do you think is missing for music artists in terms of developing development and training for the artists? Um, I mean, there is a lot of training out there in everything. Like a lot of colleges and a lot of, like, teachers are out there for music artists, um, I don't think it's necessarily missing. I think it's just people aren't searching for it necessarily anymore. Um, I mean, if you pick a bunch of celebrities and stuff, they're getting a lot of training that you don't even see behind the scenes. But it's but it's all plan for them as a business because each artist is a business and should learn that they are a business. And all of the training is, is at our fingertips. It's just a matter of finding it. I don't think anything is missing. I think it's just being aware of your surroundings and being able to connect with other people and and finding those teachers that you should work with rather than the teachers that you're supposedly supposed to work with. Wow. Do you, uh, so, you know, did you, um, did you have anything else, uh, Jay, or can I go on to the next question? Um, I just want to ask you, like, your development, yeah, how did your development start when you decided that you wanted to be this uh, artist, actress, songwriter, musician, sing, sing songstress? How did that do? Did you develop yourself or did you choose your developers? Oh, well, I actually knew that I wanted to be a performer when I was really little. My parents told me stories that, like, 
I would only watch, like, the musical theater versions of films. Like, I would not watch cartoons of, like, Peter Pan or something. I would just watch the plays. And <laughs> they had certain artists that, like, I listened to. Like, apparently the only thing that got me to stop crying was Dolly Parton's Christmas, like, all year round. So, <laughs> but it was one of those things where as soon as I could speak, I told my parents what I wanted to do. And they were like, okay, Debbie. And then finally when I was around, like, seven or eight years old, they were like, you still want to do this. This is all you've ever wanted to do. So we're going to get you training. And I said I wanted to sing and I wanted to dance. And they go, well, if you're going to sing and dance, you're going to take piano lessons because we don't want you to be someone who doesn't understand the theory behind everything. So they got me all different lessons. And it was just one of those things where the more lessons I got, the more I wanted to strive for this for the rest of my life. And so I was. I guess I was lucky that I knew immediately that I wanted to pursue this. Well, you know, Debbie, one of the things I would like to ask is, this is, this is more on, on the label side of music. Do you think, mm-hmm. with, the major, would you think with the major li- labels shrinking, there are enough music labels who are independent to support all the artists that are out there? Um, I don't think for all the artists out there, because some people like to start their own labels in call themselves, like, have their own labels and under an independent thing. So I think that if they're not, there might not be enough for all the artists, but you can always develop your own. Like, there's people like Ingrid Michaelson who started with her, like, development and then going under her own label and the other artists that have joined independent labels. But there's so many, like, other independent labels that even just have a couple artists because they believe so much in them and they're pursuing their future. And it's really cool to see the independent artists, like, actually kind of taking over, it almost seems like, slowly but surely. But there's people like the Lumineers and Alabama Shakes and all these other artists that are just, like, coming up and blowing up. And it's it's great to see because it lets you know, as an independent artist, you can do that. You can make a living and not necessarily be in every magazine everywhere, but your music will be everywhere. And it's just inspiring to watch. Now, what, um, Debbie, this is Jay, of course. What is it like? To, I mean, what is it like? You know, finding the right team to work for. You know, in terms of producers or other songwriters, or even finding the right manager to work with. I know this is a, I know this is a funny one for you, Debbie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, it, it can be difficult. Um, I know that I have worked with people, um, I I worked with another songwriter at one point where we had two specifically different, like, ideas for what we wanted to be, and at that point, I think I was super naive in the sense that I really wanted to work with other people, and I wanted to possibly be a duo, but it was because we had such different images, and we were so, like, independent that it was, like, almost silly for us to come together and write, but I've also worked with other people that were amazing to write with and, like, work on stuff musically. I think it's just finding how you connect with that person as a person before you can figure out whether or not you can write with them or you can be managed by them or taught by them, because if you have a teacher or a partner that you don't mesh well together, like, personality-wise, or you want to take control of a situation, it it can get very, very difficult. And I know that, like, especially because I have a very bold personality, too, and I know that if someone was to not be in the theater world or not necessarily understand that I like to be very, like, blunt or vulnerable and they're, they hold a lot of stuff in, it's really hard to work with that kind of person, I know, for me, because... I'm so willing to just throw everything out there. I feel like I could make someone uncomfortable and they could and they could make me feel uncomfortable. So it's like you have to find that personality that is willing to they have they're different but they're willing to share with you and you have to be on the same level and same page rather than having control of the situation. You know, one of the things I would like to ask is on that same wavelength, um Debbie, um do you meet many people who make false promises in the business, and how do you handle it? Oh, yeah, you're definitely going to meet a lot of people that will promise things because they're 
they like to talk a lot more than actually do. But at the same time, it's just about reading people. Because once you know who you are and you know how people can be and you just kind of like study people rather than the business, I think. You have to make sure you're just aware of your surroundings and who you can trust. Don't always don't always tell every little secret you have on your career or your life because it's going to be hard to keep them separate. But I think if you come across that person who is dishonest, and maybe you won't see it at first, it's you can't let it bring you down. You have to let them know you're serious and just continue on. It's not about fighting against them. It's not about trying to let people know that they are fake. It's about just moving forward and just hoping that they change or hoping that they grow up or grow as a person so they will no longer have false promises for people and just hope the best for them and as well as pursue the best for yourself. Yeah, what is it like what is it like being an actress or what is it like in acting for you and how does that differ from the music industry? Um Acting can, uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty different when it comes to theater and film. Uh, I want to say film is a little bit more like the music industry than um, than theater is, because theater is about finding the different moments and living in those moments on stage, and you can change them every night. You can try different obstacles and tactics, but continue on with that same performance. And and it's really cool to to see the experience from an audience based on what you're trying, what you're doing. And film, it, it's so subtle that it's, like, it, it's insane. Like, I remember, well, I, I know that I have a very big personality, and I feel like some of my reactions in real life tend to be better for stage. And so when I first started doing film, it was like, <laughs> wow. I was like, I am not a subtle human being in <laughs> film. I know stepping into that, I was like, even like raising my eyebrow is too much sometimes because I'm like, I feel like I'm a Lucille Ball type person in real life. So it's like, it was an intense like transition for me to find more of the subtleties in in film. And it also made me more aware too for theater as well because you can find the subtleties on stage. Just you have to be able to reach the back row of theater. And then also there, there's politics in theater and film just as much as there's going to be in the music industry. And there's going to be management and everything all behind you in both industries. So, I mean, when it comes to the business part of it, I think it's so similar that it's crazy. But it's also great, too, because making that transition from theater into more of the music industry, it's it's helping me it's helping me transition a little bit more just because I, I understand the theater part of it. And there were politics even just in the training aspect of it, let alone in the business part of it. So it's it's great to just continuously learn and be aware, but they're so similar, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, one of the things I would also like to ask you is, what, you know, really, it, it may sound the same, but it's really different. What has the journey been like for you pursuing your music in your city and acting? And you shared that part with us. But I, we really want artists and actresses and actors to really know. Has it been hard for you, Debbie? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has been hard. It's one of those things where if you don't have the money behind you or if you are a nobody to some people, it they don't really want to talk to you with respect sometimes because you're not a famous artist. But a lot of people don't realize that famous artists aren't always about talent anymore. It's it's sometimes just about the market and the management and the money behind you. But there are a lot of talented people out there who are independent artists and working further to make their And I know that um, performing... And sometimes it's one of those things where people will talk to me and they're like, oh, you're just another singer and blah, 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 blah. Like every and then it's like once I do perform and they realize what I'm out there for, I it's like a, I'm a different person that they're talking to. It's it's an interesting thing to see. Or people want to hear songs that they hear constantly on the radio rather than another new song. So 
so it can be it can be difficult and and really hard on an artist sometimes. But at the same time, you have to know even if you affect one person in a room of hundreds, you still affected one person, and you just have to make sure that you're striving to affect people in one way or another and you don't let anything get you down because you are going to perform in front of hundreds of thousands of people and sometimes you're going to get them all to connect and sometimes you're not. But that's the beauty of it. That's the art of it. It's about just trying to find those people that relate with you or trying to find those people that you can help. And if you just continue doing that, your journey will be beautiful. Wow. And, Jay, I know that you had one or two last questions before we, because we've actually gone over time, but this has been really good. I know you had one or two last questions for Debbie. Yeah, and this is, this is a question that me and you, Gail, would like to know. Um, uh, Debbie, we wanted to know what one of your favorite films that inspired you, one of your favorite plays that inspired you, and one of your favorite songs that have, that have inspired your career. Oh, wow. Um, that's a hard one. I, it's, oh, goodness. I mean, when it comes to songs, I, I, I guess it depends on the genre and the year, <laughs> um, what mood I'm in. Um, but I think, actually, um, a couple of the biggest, like, artists were actually, because my parents played them for me all the time, I listened to... A lot of, like, Christian music, I listened to a lot of Stephen Curtis Chapman growing up. I listened to a lot of, like, Elvis Presley growing up. Um, and I know um, it's so silly, but uh, I was really, really little, and I think the first play I actually, like, was inspired by was Peter Pan because I watched that film of Mary Martin doing that, like, every other day of my life. <laughs> and as soon as, like, I saw that, it was, like, the live performance of that was kind of, what I wanted to do and what I, like, wanted to be. And then finding, like, the smoky jazz singers, too, of, like, all these different eras in a lot of the, um, like, the 1940s music was actually what I grew up doing. And I, I think that was probably the most inspiring for me because there's so much talent and, like, so much beauty in, like, the art of um, of the way they would sing and the emotion behind everything, and it was just so great to listen to and so inspiring. And then, and to be honest, a lot of classical music was um, was really what I like would find my relaxation time too. And especially growing up being a pianist, um, I know that like Chopin and Bach were like two of my favorite favorite composers, and that always inspires me. And even just to find your center and just to sit at a piano and play, like, Chopin's Vaults. And it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things where it brings back memories and it brings back some of my favorite memories of teachers. And it always centers me and keeps me grounded just to bring myself back to some of the things that I first and foremost loved when it came to that. And um, a couple actresses I know that, well, Lucille Ball was pretty much who I wanted to be when I was little because I was like, oh, my goodness, she's goofy, she's beautiful, she's just honest. And, like, some of the, like, the silliness of those TV shows is it's starting to come back a little bit. And it, it's great to see the comedy and, like, how honest comedy really is. It's not about playing the funny. It's just about experiencing truth to find the funny in that moment. Wow. What do you think about Barbara Streisand? Do you do you like her also? Oh, I love her. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> How could you not? You sound you sound like that kind of you sound like uh, yes, you sound like that kind of artist to me. With acting, singing, comedy, you know, that's what she you know, plays the instrument, you know. And that's Barbara does all of that. One of the things I have to add, I do uh, we're, we're gonna have to stop because we're really out of time but one of the things I want to share with you is that you're so young, and I won't say your age, but you're so young. It's amazing to know that you can appreciate people like Lucille Ball. What is, before we go, um, you know, Debbie, Jay and I know you personally. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we'd like to ask you, 
not the regular thing people always say. What is one thing you would like to say to aspiring artists and, you know, music artists, you know, just artists in general? Because artists could be a sculptor, a painter, an actor, you know, a musician, anything. What is it that you would say to anyone in the arts? What, what word of advice would you leave them with on our show? I'd say don't be afraid to be yourself because there are so many artists that are trying to be who they're not and what they're not. And I think the moment you figure out who you are and what you want to be and you're not afraid of being yourself is the moment that you are going to find exactly where you're meant to be and you're going to find exactly where your goal paths are and your dreams are going to start falling into place and exactly what you want to do in the world. So I I know that I've met so many people that are afraid to be themselves and so many people that are excited to be themselves every day. And that is the best part of being an aspiring artist is figuring out who you are. And once you know who you are, just do not be afraid to let people know who you are and to show it every day. By if you like, if you are this amazingly happy person and you want to just smile at one person walking down the street, whether or not they're a performer or not, just make sure you you do that every day. You just have to find the good in everything you're doing and just keep on dreaming and keep on performing no matter what. And because everything's going to fall in place as long as you aren't afraid of being yourself. Well, we thank you so much, uh, Debbie. And will you come back in a year uh, and and be a part of our show? Of course. And what did you think of the young people who were on before? We'd love to hear your opinion. What? What did you think of the young people who were on before? Oh, wow, they're incredibly talented. (laughs) I was listening to the show before, and um, I also saw that episode that they were on, and it was uh, it's just amazing to see these young kids pursuing their dreams and and especially because they're so intelligent and they're so inspiring for other kids and they want to make a difference and that's what's great it's like they're not afraid to make a difference and they're just going out there and putting themselves out there and it's just beautiful to watch well thank you so much for your your wisdom thank you so much for your you're, you know, being so candid with people in the artistry. And we just, you know, we're going to leave saying this to everyone. This is a young woman who's in the industry of music and art. And we want to say to the parents that it's so important that you respect and honor, okay, you respect and honor your youth and what they create, like the Inventioneers, and you respect and honor artists like Debbie because, when they go to school, they're out here to make a living as the same way if you were a VP of Goldman Sachs or any place else to so support the arts. You know, the arts are what lift us up when we're not feeling well, when we're not feeling great. It's what gives us the Oscars and the Grammys. But there are arts that are not we don't even bother to look at. And there's so many amazing talented people out there. So with that said, Jay, Debbie we're going to go out as usual with our music and say thank you to all of you. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much. Music by Patton Leather. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>